Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hello and welcome to a Bird Camp Wonderland. I hope we're all well. Um, I think there's one person in the chat box, which isn't too bad actually, considering that um, uh, this is just off the cuff and we decided just to have a bit of a chat and um, put a bit of content out there. Tonight we have, he's back again, this is three in the trot for you now, isn't it? It's Chris Carpenter, the Dirty Pirate. Hello. Yeah, I think I think it is. This this is this is what happens when you when you've got nothing to do. You become available all the time. It's nuts, isn't it? It's absolutely nuts. Actually, I'll see if any of the other boys want to join us now. Put a bit of an invite into the thing for them and see what we go in. Right, pal. Um, John's supposed to be joining us, but you never know with him. He's um, he's an international man of mystery at the moment. Not much football to talk about, is there? Well, there's none. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unless, unless you follow the A League in in Australia, which even I haven't got to the stage of that yet. Um, no, there, there's there's not a lot going on. Um, we were talking off stream before about the fact that the FA have have brought down this ruling on low end or lower end football now, yeah, uh, which directly affects me so i mean I, I can mention that i suppose um evening archie evening david thank you in the chat box there. oh they're all here now <laughs> oh, they're all here um yeah so i mean that, that for those who haven't seen it the the fa have basically come out today and said that um that the uh grassroots level and basically anything below what was the conference north and south um has now been ended essentially so season's over done dusted um so i think i think speaking from our level which is obviously as everyone knows the very literally the very grassroots level the very bottom end of the of the spectrum not the spectrum as the scale the spectrum's a whole different kettle of fish um i think i think sense has prevailed i think it's the, it's the right decision uh, we would have been faced with 14 games to play in our season when we came back and if you consider we could have been coming back at like you know june the council have the goalpost down in may so that would have been interesting but um yeah i think sense has, has, has prevailed but there are some teams um you know i was reading a tweet actually about the uh what's the uh, give them this team the credit they deserve again um jersey balls they've won every single game 27 points points 27 wins that's 27 yeah. and they're not going to get promoted so yeah it, it kind of sucks um but i think census prevailed like i say because at our level we um we can't afford to take chances the downside is uh, and what will happen now with the local councils and and the the fa have sort of said that they're going to talk to clubs about it and um there's john there he is look i know i know look at him johnny boy um, hello, hello. Sorry, we, Chris, we, carry on. No, sorry. We, we were just just to put you in the picture. We were just like we were just talking about the fact the FA have scrapped grassroots football and oh. um, and lower lower league football. Um, I was asking Jace about it before we started, John. I'll, I'll ask you now. What, what do you reckon this is? I've got a little theory that this is the FA's way of testing the water. How how off the deep end are clubs going to go before they start to um, 
move it up the ladder and start saying actually we might just cancel everything do you think do you think that's realistic in terms of where we are at the moment with all this um i mean it's so difficult to judge where it's going to go hello everyone sorry i haven't disappeared for the last few months i've been moving and stuff there's the new background as you can see um i i don't see how they're going to finish the season um, one guy on Twitter I saw, I can't remember his name, but he's been retweeted by thousands of people. He had this idea of restarting the season if it can, I don't know, August, September, depends obviously on everything that happens. It would finish, basically it worked out that it would finish in such a way that you would have a, um, the following season would then be obviously moved on starting later than usual and it would coincide nicely with the World Cup for Qatar. Um, that the way it would all break down it would work perfectly for that. If FIFA and UEFA and the FA and everything are going to look at it that way, maybe. Um, I just think basically it, it, it needs one one of the big five leagues to come out and say the season's officially cancelled, that's it, it's staying as it is, which I think Bundesliga is almost pretty much said is going to happen. I think, haven't they said that essentially it's going to be no winners this season and they're just going to take the top two teams from the second division and just put them in and have an extended size lead for next season yeah um i think if someone like spain or someone follows suit then the premier league will go oh, okay we can do it now they just want someone to make that first jump yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. but uh, it's i mean like this whole thing like football is the least of anyone's worries hmm. the the only the only real concern for me as a fan if you like is the people at the lower end of the club that no one really thinks about like the ground staff and catering and all those kind of things that they're looked after the players and the managers and board members they're all fine they've, they've never going to have a worry in their lives with the money they earn so in a second actually mate but the, the big thing you, I think when people come up with these ideas of oh we'll move this we'll do that the big thing for people forget to take into account at times are the sponsors mm. and all those different contracts that come in because as Dave puts in there, the commoners, okay, you know, you've seen Barnet, Tom going semi-pro, stuff like that, okay? You're going to have a whole host of, of, of issues. The domino effect is going to fall down, and it's those at the bottom end of the rung that are going to pay the price on this. You know, <clears throat> how does this get resolved? Because we don't know yet, you know, the... Coronavirus, this is the early stages for Europe still. We don't know, is there going to be a second wave? Is there going to be a third wave? Until you actually have a vaccine and inoculations and, 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 and these sort of things, how do you know when it's safe to start back? Because there's that safety aspect, which, you know, for, for all the nonsense about football, okay, who's going to be the first chairman to piss and moan in the media when people are dying. Karen Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel the season now before West Ham get relegated, yeah. Exactly, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's a real point, and I think I think the most likely thing in, in terms of when they do start playing again is probably the first few games maybe are behind closed doors and then it's only a certain amount of people in the stadium and they're separated out and spaced apart or whatever. You can only sit in certain seats or something and it slowly builds back up. But it's the, it's the lower league teams that are the ones that are going to suffer. Um, and I think at that point, you would hope that there's a lot of 
goodwill and generous things. Don't worry, there's some assholes like the guy from Weatherspoons and stuff like that. But the majority of people and companies are actually doing the right thing and trying to help people as much as they can. So you hope that that sort of filters into the Premier League level and those clubs and the amount of money that they've got. Um, and they assist the lower leagues and try and filter that money down somehow. Um, because if, if, some of those clubs in League One and League Two, you can pay their year's salary for their players with what most Premier League footballers probably earn in six months. You know, the, the kind of money they're paying out. So... Um, as I say, footballers in general, the Premier League ones and whatever, I don't. It's not that I don't care about them, but they're going to be fine. They're, they're looked after. It's the people lower down at the lower clubs and and the people who work the ground staff, the catering, all those kind of things. You know, they're, they're the ones that are going to be hit hardest by this. So, so the question is: There's a report in a kind of which, um, publication today uh, that Barcelona players. Um, the president, I can't remember the guy's name, I do apologise, um, has asked them to take a 70% pay cut. Right now. now, if you're first team squad, right now, you're earning a lot of money in Barcelona. Right now, the likes of Messi, etc., multi-millionaires, and they have refused point blank. Now, they may find a, a, a solution to this. This may be an opening salvo in working out how to move forward for Barcelona, as it will be with a lot of other clubs. Do you know what I mean? But how much sympathy do you uh, guys have with multi-millionaire footballers not happy about not being paid during this current crisis? Because this is a worldwide issue at the moment. And, you know, it's going to hit Africa and, and, and less developed countries really, really badly. You know, you, the death tolls there could get really nasty. Um, if it does spread to these areas. So how, how do you feel about that, guys? What's your opinions on that? I, th- I think it runs I think it runs a bit deeper than that. Um, I think it's not just football and sport. I think it's across the, across the board. Um, I saw a lot of people getting very, very upset with Gordon Ramsay today. I don't know if you've seen this story, um, but he's apparently said that he's going to lay off 500 staff across his four restaurants. Um, and a lot of people got very, very upset about this. Um, and I haven't got the tweet at hand, but someone um, in the thread, which was mainly just full aids, somebody else put in it, um, if you do the maths, um, because everybody was essentially saying he's a multimillionaire, you know, what's 500 people to him? And somebody essentially said, well, actually, when you sit down and think about it, it's 500 people paying an average £300 a week, times that by this, times that by this. Time. And before you know it, you're talking like four to five million quid. And I think if you if you bring it back into sort of football, how many professional footballers do you hear that go bankrupt or that have you know no investment or made bad investments when they were players and, and they have no money left? It's all right saying that these people are multimillionaires who gives a fuck they live in, you know, mansions or whatever. Yeah, that might well be the case for some of the ultra, you know, well off and some of the well advised and some of the people at the very top of the game. And and don't get me wrong, I don't think we should be giving them handouts. But at the same time, that you you do have to sort of say it's it's not their fault that they are being paid the money that the clubs have agreed to. When a club agrees to pay, you know, we always bring up Meza Urza as an example, the club agreed to pay his wages and the guy signed the contract, you know, that that's, that was his choice and it was the club's choice to pay him that money. If you are that concerned, 
you know, you, you essentially you have to be careful at what you're going to do in, in the future. And this sort of thing happening, this might change the sport in general and, and, and contracts in general, because people look at this and go, well, this is essentially an act of God, quote unquote. There will be a lot of clauses written into contracts moving forwards. And, and I think it's very easy for us to sort of sit here, you know, us at sort of the, the, the low end of, of income, probably, um, and say these clubs should be doing more. I think when you get clubs like you saw the Manchester City, Manchester United thing come out and, and said, you know, one City United and they donated £100,000 and you sort of go, OK, that's a nice gesture. But when when Manchester City's own manager is donating a million pounds, there's something not quite right there. When Robert Lewandowski and Joshua Kimmich and a couple of the other Bayern boys are donating two or three million euros into, into you know, there's got to be something slightly wrong there, particularly when you look at who Manchester United are owned by and who Manchester City are owned by. So I'm not sure it, it's in the hands of the players to 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 have their heads on the chopping blocks here, just the same as, you know, the Gordon Ramsay thing. You know, you 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 have to be business savvy. Um, and and I, I do agree that they shouldn't be exploiting the situation. I do I do agree that they shouldn't be trying to market it. And um, there's a big thing going off um, at the moment in the gaming industry about um, <laughs> who'd have thought EA Sports are still putting out promotional packs for people. And it's like, hang on, you're still trying to bleed money out of people because you know they're at home. And yet other games, Football Manager, Call of Duty, you know, they're giving away games free. So that uh, to every good, there's a bad. But I do think that some people have slightly gone off the deep end a little bit of this. And and the Barcelona players, 70% is quite a hike. You know, I think if if I think if you said to, to, to some of the top earners there, look, realistically, we need to cut you by 10%. I don't think many of them say have a problem with it, but I don't think many of them would would go against that. 70% is quite a lot of, of your income. And it and again, like John said, it's it's it, there's more to it than just the players on the pitch. That these these players have got families, they've got other commitments, even trivial things that like they might have investments that are setting up their families' futures. To just say, no, nah, we're taking it all away. They're just staff as well, haven't they? They've had yeah, their own exactly. staff. Yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 yeah, I, I do. I, I think I think footballers get a bad rap sometimes. Um, I don't think we look hard enough at things like movie stars and, you know, other celebrities in that regard. But I know we're here to talk about football, of course, but I I do think football gets a bit of a raw deal in that. I I, I wouldn't argue against that point. I've got to be honest. I I do find, look, I I think we're in unprecedented times, obviously, okay? Um, We're seeing something which... You know, okay, we saw smallpox, etc. In it was in the fifties or sixties. Um, you know, you had Spanish flu, end of the First World War, etc. But this is something quite new. Um, you know, it, it, it's you, you haven't got a vaccine, you haven't got a cure. Um, okay, the death rate isn't so high, but the the way it spreads is it, it's really virulent. And you know, as much as I'm a left winger. Um, I w- you know, I wouldn't have a go at any government at the moment, really, you know, unless the, you know, some of the nonsense being spouted by you-know-who across the pond um, in, in, what other, in the way they're acting, because you, know, the, you can ask that later. You, you, you ask that at the end of it, you know, when it's all done, then you can look at who's done right and who's done wrong and what lessons we can learn because people will make the best 
decisions of the, all the best will in the world, which will turn out to be wrong. And people will, you know, they may be giving bad advice, etc. So when you're, when you're in industry, when your sport is struggling with all this, John, you know, what should be the priorities for you? You know, because, okay, so we, we look at the lower paid staff and, and, and the big clubs and the smaller clubs should, well, business insurance should take care of a lot of that. Um, You'd hope, yeah. Hope, PFA, the PFA, um, the the the, PFA, the players union, they've got plenty of money to take care of staff. But, you know, the the, the Doris, the TV, etc. Yeah. You know, are, are we going to be taking care of them? Um I think that's the thing that the, if the club isn't already doing it, and I know a lot of clubs are trying to make sure that the the lower end staff, like like you said, like the tea lady or whoever, or the ticket staff, or they're going to be looked after. Um, if the club can't, I think the players could quite easily cover between them as a squad. It's a very very simple thing to do. Um, they do. I think do they still do the. They. I'm pretty sure they're still doing it like a week's wages to the NHS. They do it every season, don't they? Normally, something like that in the Premier League, at least. I don't know about across Europe. I think it's I'm days sure. wages. Or days wages. Yeah. Days wages, maybe. Um, and I'm sure all the other leagues across Europe probably do something similar to whether it's their healthcare or charities or something like that. Um, what I would say is I don't know about the other leagues because I don't know. It, exactly how their sponsorships and everything else is set up but for the Premier League at least I would be quite comfortable and confident saying that every single Premier League player could say I will not accept one week's wages to uh, first out help all the staff at the club the low end staff which I'm pretty sure if every single player at all the Premier League clubs that would more than cover the probably the cost for all of them and have some left over and then they could put that into their local council, wherever they're based, you know, so Islington at Arsenal, you know, whatever, you know, in Manchester or their, uh, a local hospital or NHS or, or something like that. And I don't think that's a charity, don't they? All the clubs yeah. have a charity. Yeah, you know, so that, that's not a big sting out of their pocket, to be perfectly honest. Um, but the issue is, like, I mean, I'm not going to say who I work for, but I work for quite a large company, um, international company. You know, people are worried about their jobs because of the industry I'm in, and and it's a bit. It's not like they haven't got money, but the moment you stop work, you stop that money coming in. It goes very, very quickly. You know, obviously there's people who earn more than me. There's people who earn less. That that's normal in any company, but eventually it gets to the point where there is no more. So, although obviously football is multi millions and billions and stuff, you know, in money, it does have the same effect. It might take them longer. But then you've got to think their outgoings and costs and stuff and their commitments are much more higher than, you know, uh, say a business that I work for or one that Jason or Chris or whoever does. So uh, it's really hard to judge without knowing the inside out of all the numbers. I think things like that, gestures like that, a lot of players have been doing that anyway off their own back. Um, we've seen a lot of ex-pros doing things to help Gary Neville, the thing with the, the hospital for the NHS staff, which was great. Um, like Chris said, a lot of the buying boys have been giving money. And to be perfectly honest, I guarantee there's probably a ton of footballers, Premier League, all across Europe, who've already been chucking money and just haven't said anything about it because they don't want the plaudits for doing it. They just want to help. You know, like a lot of people donate to charity anonymously or, you know, health funds and stuff like that. Um, it, but the, the 
I think the reason about the whole like circling back to when the league may or may not start up again, that's why the clubs are panicking and the Premier League is because they have sponsorship commitments to broadcasters and Sky and stuff like that. And yes, it may be seen as greedy that they want the money in. Part of the reason they want the money in is because they can then go and pay all those bills, pay the players and the staff and the ground and whatever upkeeps or bank loans and things like that that they've got. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if the government is going to step in and say help football clubs in the same way they're helping small businesses or self-employed people. But it's not, it's not going to be on the top of their list, is it? Let's be honest, okay? the, the, the domino starts here. Archie's putting it. If the league doesn't go ahead, clubs have to pay back um, some of the TV money rights, etc. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So that's the big thing, and, and that is now the biggest income for any club. In the know? Premier League, yeah. In the Premier yeah. League, yeah. yeah. Okay, so if that income is going to be paid back, and let's be honest, if you've got to, you know, me and Chris are talking around, Chris is saying, I've, put, I've frozen my Sky Sports a subscription, you're not getting the content, so why are you going to pay the bill for it? Mm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those where you're looking at and think... And a lot know, of clubs spend that money that they've got already ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, invested it's, in, it's invested in players to try and achieve Champions League football again for the coming season so you can guarantee the money again and, and wages and all those sorts of things. So... Um, and the sponsorships. I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of talk about Liverpool at the moment. Um, and 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 about their not just about the hilarity of them potentially not winning the league, <laughs> um, but more about um, had to get that in there. But more about they just signed a new shirt deal with Nike, and there's talk that they might have to continue wearing the New Balance kits um, until such time as a new season starts because that's the contract they've put in place. Um, I think all of Nike and Adidas and Puma have delayed releasing all of the new national team shirts um and you might sit there and think who gives a fuck like you know who cares like, it's just a shirt yeah agreed but that's still revenue that they were banking on in 2020 not in euro 2021 um and and that stuff that will have been produced already that will be ready to go in the factories that'll all be ready to sell that's now not there, yeah there, there'll be weird contract stipulations that would have been perfectly normal at the time but because yeah. either the season isn't going to end or a new one will start at a different date, which will definitely happen regardless of, of what happens. I can't see, to be perfectly honest, I can't really see football being like back to normal until probably end of this year, early next year, to be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, everything's moved date. So all those contracts had like dates and times or from the beginning of this season or whatever, and all those things are now gone. Mm. So there's, there's also going to be loads of grey area on, or hang on a minute, are they actually complying with the contracts and the agreement we've made? And there's going to be litigations and hassles over payments and all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that's how you have to look at it at the moment as how it trickles down and affects the lower league clubs and the lower end staff, those kind of things. And the people who do the day-to-day -day stuff at the club that you never see here about, don't know their names, who are just, you know, average Joe who's on I don't know 20 grand a year or something who does some IT or admin or whatever in the office at Arsenal those kind of people um they're the ones going to be biggest hit not not players and to be fair no one's you know no player has come crying out about oh my god I'm not going to get my wages no no I'm a quick shout out Corey Austin's in the chat box he's gone back to work now Corey we love you bro um Stan the man's in there um Archie's in there VCC's in there Don one um cactus rich is in there cactus cash stand the man for 50 
Yvonne Teddington's there. The McManus has been in there. Mr. Arsenal podcast, right there. Um, David's there. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all well. Um, yeah, we, it's just a bit of a chat tonight, basically, just a bit of content out there. Hopefully, you find it um, enjoyable. Um, if you don't, well, that's nothing new. And if you do, brilliant. We've got a bit of content out for you. Um, it, it, it's strange, isn't it, lads? You know, it's, it's such an unprecedented time. There's so many, um, there's so many things that are going to impact on football clubs, on you know, on on how the sport comes <laughs> back. Okay, you know, I mean, we 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 were talking, and yeah, okay, it, 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 look, the 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 Schadenfreude and sort of Liverpool not winning the title. It does put a smile on my face, but all those people losing their lives and um, uh, suffering because of this, and you know, and I, and I include the healthy people. You know, you, tonight in the UK, you had a round of applause for the NHS at eight o'clock. Um, you know, our our airless, he, he works at A and E in Norwich. They haven't been hit yet, but that's going to come. My mother used to work in A and E in Swansea, and she spoke to an old colleague of hers last week and you know they've seen it all over the years and and then said to her i'm really scared about what's going to happen the, the the planning that's going in the, what they're expecting to happen is scary scary times so in the in the big picture chris um i'm pretty sure the lawyers will be able to sort it all out but I think one of the things that I'm I, I'm kind of looking at is how do you think this is going to change football? Um, I mean, uh, immeasurably. It's just uh, like we touched on before. There's just so many things will will inevitably have to change. Um, you know, as, as John touched on there, like the from the very small print and the contracts all the way up to the negotiation from the from players moving clubs. There's talk that FIFA want to move the the transfer windows around now to, to compensate for what's been going on. Um, <clears throat> if we move the season forwards, um, just pick up on your point now, John, if we, let's just say for argument's sake, we don't get back to action until January. Um, we've already, they've already said that we're going to do the Euros in the summer of next year. Well, what if we don't start the season until January and we're all backed up again? Does, does that then move yeah. the World Cup on again? And, you know, there's so many individual cup competitions. You then yeah. have to have, uh, where do you fit the FA Cup, the Euro, yeah. uh, you know, Champions League, all those kind of things. They have to negotiate Final. all of that. Not yeah. just the, the, the other issue is that is obviously that if, you know, hopefully everything goes fine and eventually we will get back to some normality, which obviously we will. But it may go in the fact that, well, Italy is the worst hit, well, you know, one of the worst hit countries in Europe. Mm. But obviously it's, closer to that end so you would you'd hope and it looks like they're starting to now not come out of it but they're in the in the down slope in the in the trend whereas yeah. obviously we're, we're still yet to hit our peak so yeah. Italy's season may start months before ours possibly yeah, exactly. yeah. you know so then how do you organize European competitions international ones it's it's very convoluted and it I think it might do it could be three four seasons until we get back to sort of, you know, what we consider normal, a summer transfer window starting the games at the end of August, early September, you know, FA Cup for Premier League clubs at least starts January, that kind of thing. 
Um, so it's going to have a knock-on effect for a couple of years, in, in, just in terms of scheduling, at least. And we we touched on it in the last podcast as well, pre-season. You know, there's there's deals yeah. done with companies, you know, clubs flying out to Australia, to America. Obviously, we know MLS is in lockdown at the moment. Um, that's going to have an effect. You've got Champions League and Europa League unfinished as we speak. And it's all right, people saying, oh, you know, we'll get the games played behind closed doors. You can't even get a flight out of the UK at the moment. So how do you get the players there? You know, are they all going to Dennis Bergkamp it across Europe? You know, it, it's it's not just it, yeah, it's, it, it's more than that, doesn't it, Chris? Because ultimately, the logistics even to set up any sort of game in in a Premier League stadium, you know, yeah. people will go there now. If there's still a risk to anyone. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, you can't have everyone sat in hazmat suits at the door, can you? I mean, no, it's, you, you know, you can't. You know, it's it's just like and 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 the, and the scary part about all of this is, and I said this to my mate the other day, and this this probably is is broader than than football, but it only goes to show. Um, we've all joked in the past about you know what if we got invaded by aliens. Well, I think I think the bottom line to that is we're all fucked if that happens because we we've basically just proven that War of the Worlds is is essentially real without the aliens right now. But we can't give the cold back, you know. And and I do obviously it's a little bit tongue in cheek there, but it is it is a very stark kind of uh, representation of how how we're just not really set up for a crisis. And and I know that yes, this has come out of the blue, and and nobody could have expected this. And and Britain isn't the only ones that are not managing it particularly well. There's other countries that are not managing it particularly well. Some of society need need to give their heads a bit of a wobble in terms of how they're acting. Um, you know, you only have to go on social media and see how how much or how little brain cells some people have um, just to get a bit of fame. You know, licking things and God knows what else. Um, but it's it, it, yeah, it, it is of course a broader issue than than sport. But it, it does go to show that if something major happens, um, we we weren't prepared for any of this. And 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 they are kind of winging it, and and to a degree, I do almost. Uh, I would never say I feel sorry for FIFA, <laughs> but um, for the governing bodies and for these people that are having to deal with this, it is completely unprecedented, and and they are pretty much having to wing it. And and I think if you even at this stage, I, th- I think even the sensible-minded Liverpool fans, uh, I think there's 56 worldwide currently. <laughs> If you if you take the sensible Liverpool fans, I think even they're starting to go. Do you know what? We kind of want to win this the right way, and 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 this is going to feel no matter what happens now, it's not going to feel like a title. You know, um, having them all lift it on green screen or something, it, it would be ridiculous. And I think even they're starting to come around to the idea that do you know what, the the, the broadest scale of life is more important than than having a default title. It- like I said, you know, if you if you're going to put winning a title ahead of somebody's life, yeah, there's a problem and there will be a backlash. Yeah. I'm 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 just wondering, you know, I'm looking at sort of contracts and uh, you know, obviously there's players going to be moving in the summer or well, we, we, we think there is. I don't think those contracts are going to be as big as people think they thought they were going to be. You know, six months ago, I think you know when you look at um. At what's happened? You said, okay, well, we we couldn't expect, you know, we um, sorry, you used the, the term, nobody could foresee what was happening. Yet there are normally sort of three pandemics or, or, or three sort of um, uh, um, diseases like this every hundred years. Okay, you know, smallpox, um, Spanish flu, 
and, and, and you can go back through history. Yet it, it's a bit of an indictment on modern society. You know, you're just in time ordering. You know all about that, John. You know, where, you know, supply chains yeah. are so, so fragile. Mm. You know, everything's made to order. People aren't expecting this sort of thing. There's no flex in the system, okay, that, you know, all governments had, all governments had a contingency plan for something like this. Yet, like we said earlier on, Chris, were we expecting this to happen? No, we weren't. And even in January, even when I thought, oh, this could be big, I never in a million years envisaged it would be like this. No. I, th- I think I think the concern from or my concern is about this whole thing is that I think somebody's put it in the chat. If I can just scroll back, um, Cactus said, you know, the problem is really not any country had a chance against the virus. Um, and someone else put, where is it, Archie? Um, Cactus, right, but it's about being prepared as soon as it as soon as China hit it. And I think that's probably where I sit. It's the fact that we all, Jace, I was talking to you off 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 camera before um yes indeed that is tommy um he's just buzzed off um, I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bobby's too too bobby's too important he's, he's gone back to sleep um but yeah i think um i think i think the concern is that we we and i say i use the the generic we if you'd have if you'd have put in our podcast group in january um lads all football's going to be gone by march so enjoy it while you can because there's this virus coming and you know we're all going to get affected i think we'd have all sat there and gone yeah okay then whatever like because nobody really took it seriously and and until until recently i think i think people were still guilty of that i think some people in 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 this country or wherever we live i think are still guilty of not taking it seriously there are still you know, videos yeah. of people and 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 tweets and whatever. People just saying, "Oh, you know, this is all just a load of bollocks." It's clearly not when when you're getting healthy twenty one year old girls dropping dead. And I appreciate oh. there might be more to do with that. There might, you know, there might be something. But from from what initial reports were, she was a fit, healthy young young lass. And 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 it, unfortunately, whatever Jean was carrying or whatever happened. You know, she's no longer with us. So the, the, Chris, the, the, to all younger people, all of a sudden it's like it's very real now, isn't yeah. it? Chris, there's a report from a doctor from Cardiff who had it out in China and um, uh, his words were, he's never been so ill in his life. Mm. And this is a guy who goes to this thing all the time. Um, it's a really, Ellis put a really in, um, interesting, informative um, uh, video in one of the groups earlier on. Um, I'll, I'll post it on, on Twitter later on. But it, it talks about how this um, this virus attacks the immune system, attacks the intestines, the, the, the lungs, etc., and the reasons for this happening. Um, and, and it's scary times. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll get hit, you know, they'll, they'll have it and it won't make a difference to their life. They'll just walk it off. But for some people, unfortunately, it will hit them hard. Mm-hmm. And... My heart goes out. Yeah, my heart goes out to anybody affected by this, because it it, it's harrowing seeing so many. You look at the pictures coming back from Italy. Oh yeah. I mean, bloody hell. Yeah. You know, those are human beings, and and you know, yeah. Look, we 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 didn't think this would this would happen, but I mean, it's just it's just nuts times. Guys, you know. If you're Minoriola at the moment, 
Well, he, he ain't going anywhere very far, is he? Let's be honest. He's, uh, no, he, he's not going to run anything, and this is in his Lamborghini. <laughs> okay. Um, but what are you thinking this summer? Because if you look at the amount of money going out to agents at the moment, uh, I think what he's, he's thinking and he's screaming for some clarity on when is the transfer window so I can squeeze as much money out of every single player on my books. Yeah. Because he had he had Pogba lined up back to Juve. Um, he had uh, is Abamyang with him as well. I can't remember now. The, 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 there's like a ridiculous list of players. Someone put it up the other day, but they were all essentially like big targets and who was going where and whatever. And he, someone like did a rough guess on it, and it was like even if you did it at say ten percent of like uh, estimated transfer fees, and they were sort of middle to low end. Something ridiculous, like a hundred million, he was going to make for making a phone call, you know, for players who essentially had already gone. I want to play for that club and that club. But oh yeah, you'll you'll make us money. We don't. It doesn't matter how much we pay you. You're a big superstar name, you know, like a Paul Pogba or whoever. So I think for those type of agents, it's it's just about when is the transfer window going to be? Um, is the player moving from one league to another league that is? you know, from an inactive league to an active league or, you know, whether it is a England to Italy, something like that, if those time frames don't match up as I assume they, they won't, because I assume leagues will be starting at all different times now, depending on what's happening within their country. Um but yeah, that's what they're gonna be screaming about. And that's an issue for the clubs again, to circle back about trying to get money in and that kind of thing. They need clarity on the transfer window, because like you said, Jason, players' contracts go from, you know, one season to you know x number of seasons later they generally end around june this sort of the rough window when it is um so they even need to move players on but if other leagues aren't playing they, they've got nowhere to move them and if you're a club that is let's say you know the buying club and doesn't need to sell anyone you've got the money and it's sat there waiting you can wait as long as possible until you go right okay we've been told our league season is starting now um, whether it's if it's starting up again, you can't buy a player anyway because you've got to wait until the season ends. If it's a new season where you've got a brand new window, are you allowed to buy a player from another league, from a league that's not active? That's a whole new thing. You know, UEFA have got to work that out, FIFA have got to work all those rules out as well. Um, so I think if you're a club that ha- is trying to sell a player and cash out on a player before their contract's going to be up in, say, a year, like we are in a position with some of ours. Um, it puts us at a huge disadvantage, personally as Arsenal, but I mean, football in general, which is just trying to get your head around when things can be done like that and between what leagues. is It must be a complete and utter nightmare. I've no idea how UEFA are going to work it. Um, if they have to do some sort of, I don't know, amnesty on transfer window for a certain, or, you know, transfers for a certain period of time until all the leagues have got up to a certain point once they've all started up again. I, I really don't know how they're going to do it. It's, it's nuts to even try and think of, you know, how it's going to work. The, 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 just the, the, the technical, sorry, um, mm. issues that clubs, players, agents, etc., are going to face are, are, are going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, oh, I, I'm sure agents are absolutely rubbing their hands together because they will... I'm, not sure. I, I'm not sure they are. I've got to be honest with you, John. I'm not sure they are. I'm going to ask Chris about this, okay? I, I listened to our blog, um at the end of the show, we'll talk about a couple of really good podcasts which have been done this week. But I can't remember the fella's name who was on there. And he spoke about the new reality that's going to hit football. 
And the reason I'm saying this now, John and Chris, is this. If you've lost your job or you've had to go three months without your normal wage or, you know, a, a percentage of that wage, an Arsenal football club or any other football club haven't given you the refund on last season's ticket mm. and expect a price increase on your season ticket or a ticket in general for next season, what are you going to say? Are you going to say, no, mate, shove it up your backside, I ain't doing it? Mm. Because, I, you know, there are more important things in life. Yeah. And if you're, if you're seeing, from me personally, okay, so, what, you know, I don't go to the Arsenal's you know, much anymore. You know, I don't, okay? But why am I going to spend X amount for Raul to pay his mates a shit full of money for a player we don't use? Well, again, again, it goes back to what you what you said previously about how does how does this change football? And and I think it also, again, goes back to a deeper thought process in in how does it affect us as, as fans moving forward? Um, and and what how does it change our mentality? The gentleman's name, by the way, is Dr. James McInerney. McInerney. There we go. Got it right in the end. Um, at Joe McInerney on Twitter. If the spirit of Danny the GFP survives. Yeah, he's, he's very good. It's that episode, uh, Ask Cast episode 567, if you want to listen um, to that. It's very, very good. By the way, I've just tweeted out the video that Ellis put in the group earlier on. If anybody wants to understand how coronavirus works, we've just tweeted it out on the pod account, okay? It's an eight-minute video. It's crystal clear information explained properly. Yeah, it's very, really, very really well done. Um, if you get any doubts, please give it a listen. Sorry, Chris, carry on. That's all right. I mean, my, my my kind of thought is like at this stage, I think it's only natural for us because we don't because none of us know what what the future holds. Like literally, none of us. Even if you said um, the whole virus will find a vaccine tomorrow. And it will all be gone by the end of, let's just say the end of May, right? Everything will be back to normal by the end of May. None of us really know where we're going to be when that day comes. None of us really know how we're going to, how it's going to impact us and how we're going to change how we do things. Now, the the simple fact is that there's, there's a hardcore support base for every club, no matter how big or small, where some people will just go and it doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what the implications it doesn't matter about anything. They will follow their club, and that's it. End of story. Um, and and those people are the lifeblood of, of of clubs, and I get that, and it's their passion, and it's their love in life. That's fine. But there will also be some other people that will just think twice, and and that might last a month. It might last three months. It might last six months. It might actually last years, and they might go. Do you know what? Actually, I'm not going to put myself in in harm's way. And particularly when you look at somewhere like London, where our club is based, and you look at the the use of things like the tube, like the public transport, that, that let's be frank, it's a necessity in London. You can't go anywhere unless you use public transport. You just can't. Even if you drive, there is going to be an element of you not being able to park certain places. You could, might have to take um, you know, some form of public transport to get to where you need to go that's that's not the same like where i live i can walk wherever i need to go i I can get public transport if i need to but it doesn't affect somebody like like that with me down here up there it does um and again the bigger cities in in and around europe and 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 we're talking about like the flights abroad and things like that so it goes it goes a lot deeper and and i think when we come out of this you know god willing we do come out of this because that's the other thing we don't really know 
how it's going to be. Um, it might just make some people start to reassess how much money they're putting into to essentially what is a hobby. It's a hobby we love. It's a sport we love, but it is a hobby. And and some people might actually start thinking about it and going, do you know what? If, if one, um, what was apparently a small epidemic, which turned into a pandemic worldwide can happen at any time, maybe I don't need to spend two, three, four thousand pounds a year on a football team. Maybe actually I need to start thinking about going to even 10 less games a season or five less games a season. If 40,000 people decide to go to 10 less games a season, we've got a massive change coming in the game because wages will drop and uh, agent fees or agent demands will drop. Sponsorship will drop. The whole thing will change. Um, and and that, that doesn't mean that we won't still go and watch football. And I'm sure there'll, there'll still be plenty of overpaid footballers and overpaid contracts and whatever. But it's only natural if if the if the, the the revenue isn't there and the desire isn't there for people to go, um, you know, or or just people just they just think twice. They want to go, but they actually think mm, not so sure. Um, well, I think the other thing as well, like Chris is saying there about you know people not going off football but not being able to go to games and they're not spending that money there. The people who will go to games probably also have. Sky Sports subscription and BT and they probably have every single subscription package the the people who only have the football subscription that's essentially if you like a luxury item they might be someone who's self-employed who at the moment uh, in this country obviously around the world it's all different but I'm sure they're all safe and facing the same sort of problems self-employed people aren't like the worst hit but they're really panicking at the moment here in particular um, and the first things they're going to cut are things like that. They're like, I can't afford to have this. And there's no point having it at the moment because there is no football. There's no sport. Um, now, I know Chris hates streams, and we are not a podcast that would advise you to use illegal streams. Not at all. Um, you know, because not, not, not that they would, you know, be, you know, really good quality sometimes. And in HD, you can even get it in uh, 3D, I've heard. Um, anyway... <laughs> But people have, you know, if they want, they can access those sort of things to watch the football. Well, I've, I've got an internet connection. Why would I pay for this Sky Sports? I've just struggled for the last, you know, however many bumps this may go on, hopefully as few as, as possible. Um, okay, we won't pay for that anymore. Um, the, like Chris said, the guy goes to the game. I'm not going to go to that many games this season. I'll go to one. I'll, I'll pick one special game and I'll make an effort to go to that one. And maybe I'll just have Sky this season and not BT or I'll have one and not the other. You know, those kind of, all those things have a big knock-on effect to the game. I would say, you know, that can sound scary because the better off clubs, you know, like Man City, United, those kind of things that have a bigger, City don't have a bigger global market, but Man United do than us, which I know upsets Arsenal fans, but internationally you know they, they can make more money than we do commercially um they're going to be more secure and be able to pay the higher wages so arsenal although a huge club will be hit harder than some of the other sort of big four or five in the premier league um the the positive shining light on it what i would say is if those things do happen from a fan's point of view eventually it will get to the point where the clubs have to lower the prices of tickets which i think most fans agree a lot of tickets are overpriced and season tickets are overpriced. And it gives a big opportunity for a company like Amazon, for example, who've already dabbled or Google or whoever to step in and go, you know what? We will buy all the rights to all the football, whether it's Premier League, whatever league, and say, we'll do it just like a Netflix thing. 
it's £10 a month. You can watch all the games you want um, and you can cancel at any time. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, £120 a year if you want the whole thing. You could, you know, do maybe they do it a little bit cheaper if you want to do it in one shot. But you can do it for that many months and, and that's it. And most people go, you know, it's only a tenner. I can do that and I can watch games whatever I want and I can watch a Saturday three o'clock game, which you can't, you know, those kind of things. So I do think, yeah, I know it's slightly weird and morbid, but I'm trying to take whatever positives I can out of the possible scenarios of what can happen. I'm not saying it is a definite thing, but it's the kind of things that I think if football really looks at itself properly, how it's affecting fans and everything else, then you can take those positives out of it and hopefully those are the things that do come that fans are treated better and respected a bit more and you know subscription fees are more reasonable and not overpriced then you don't have to get four different subscriptions just to be able to watch all the Arsenal televised games or Man United or whatever club it is you support um, but yeah I do think this is does have a big knock-on effect and it's not just the Premier League it's every league around Europe it's all over Asia you know America's being hit by it now South America it's starting to show up so there could be some good things come out of this, um, hopefully. And it's the reason why the people who are paid, well, uh, I was going to say paid more than us, we're not paid at all, but <laughs> it's, it's the reason why the, these people in the FA, UEFA, FIFA, this is, the, this is the time now where they have to earn that money. We don't, we, they're not paid that money because because they, you know, just to sit in ivory towers, that's what they keep telling us. Well, now they're going to have to earn the money because now they are going to have to make big decisions that affect the next two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons. Um, and and those decisions are what they're going to be judged on. And voting, who gets in, who's president, what, all those decisions will come back on whoever makes that decision if they make the wrong one. It, it, it's going to be really interesting. That, you know, you, you kind of hope the smaller clubs come out of it in a better position where more people go to watch their local clubs etc mm. um, yeah i mean i i just to, to jump on that straight away jace that uh the reason why i haven't been on the podcast if anyone is wondering seeing if you keep asking the chats and i see you again i see you all as well so you're over on the screen over here um i've been moving recently or attempting to move it's taken ages eventually moved this is why the background's all different Different now. Ignore the random gun cabinet in the back. This is not my house. There's nobody in. The, there's nobody in the cupboard anymore, is there? No, there is nobody in the cupboard. The, the, new, cupboard is, the new cupboard is that way. Yeah, there's no. There was no one in the cupboard, so I had to find a new one. Uh, but there is a gun cabinet behind me. Don't ask. It came with a flat. Um, <laughs> there's no gun in it. I can assure you. <laughs> oh, I had to lighten the mood somewhere. Um, um, you know, I, I moved and there's a local team to be here. Um, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's only a tenner to go and watch them. I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go watch some games. We were a flatmate. He's not really a big football fan. But I was like, oh, come on, it's only £10. Pounds. He's like, yeah, we're going to go. And then all the football's cancelled, obviously. So we couldn't go and watch. But when football does start up again, I'm probably going to go start watching local games. Whoa, 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 whoa. You only got to, you've got to watch the local games. If you're not booked on the live show, okay? oh yeah, don't worry, don't worry. I'll I be here available for the live show. I know, I know. I am, I'm, I'm all back up and running now. We've got internet and everything. It's great. Thank but God. I, I can't, I can't really get that much spare time between. You know, most of my spare time is done either doing this or doing extra work or seeing family and stuff. So I don't really get time to go watch Arsenal. And if I did. To be honest, for me, the travel, the ticket, and you know, buying drinks and food, watching there and coming back, it is kind of a once or twice a season thing because I haven't got a lot of money. 
So just being able to go and watch a local team, don't really know a lot about them, but £10 for a ticket, I can walk there, I can walk back. You know, why not go and go and support your local teams and, and try and do that? And I think a lot of people will probably do that. You're still going to have your, your real club, if you like, yeah. and you're going to try and go. I do think all those numbers of people are going to come down and clubs will have to adjust for that and, and you know, lower their prices or whatever they do and sponsors will start to realise, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, you know, I don't really want to sponsor a, a game where there's not as many people there and maybe the crowd's not as exciting as it was. So Sky and everyone else might go, the atmosphere is not the same. This is what sold it for us. This is why it's the biggest paid league in the world in terms of TV rights. We're going to have to low, you know, lower the money we're putting into it. And eventually that will, will um, you know, affect everyone else, hopefully in a positive way. Because uh, I don't think anyone's going to say, oh, you know, footballers... You know, why should they stop earning 300 grand a week or whatever? No one's going to cry for them, you know. And to be honest, I think the majority of footballers, as much as some of them can be dickheads and flash and whatever else, none of them are realistically going to complain. They get to play the sport they absolutely love. Some of them get to play for their boyhood clubs that they've always wanted to play for, and they're set up for life now. They're not going to whinge about it. No, look, I I, I look at my hometown, and um, uh, if anyone on Twitter and follow me, you see me. Tweet, uh, retweeting Armandford Town a lot, and Lake Norgan started off this thing of a FIFA tournament. Oh, I saw, and, yeah, pretty sweet, and that was good. Yeah, yeah. and Armandford Town have done one in Wales, and all the Welsh clubs have jumped on. There's a few clubs from all over the place jumped on it as well. It's just a bit of fun, and you know they openly said, "Oh, great idea from Lake Norgan. We're going to do the same. Try to raise a couple of quid." Um, but over the last season. They've they, uh, last couple of seasons, rather. Um, a few of the boys I know, uh, they, they 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 are um, the manager. They play for the club stuff. Uh, they've made a real attempt to get people watching town again, and they're getting crowds of up to a thousand for some games, which is really excellent for them. You know what I mean? They've got one of the highest average league um, attendances in sort of Welsh lower tier football. You know, they're not League of Wales or anything like that. But they've made it a real community community effort. So people are going along, they're taking the kids, they're having fun, they're getting a bag of chips on the way home, and they're enjoying themselves. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. Right, Rich, Cactus Cash has just said, right, lads, I'm off. Got to be in hospital for 8 a.m. Rich, you're a hero. We love you. Good luck. All the best, pal. Big shout-outs to you, Anne Ellis. So, you know... We can see um, football, you know, may change with that. But again, um, you know, it's it's just such a... Martel Roberts asked, when do you guys think the league will be finished by? Um, where's the... Do, 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 here we go. Do you think the... Is the do you th- guys think the EPL is on its last leg? Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that's the wrong one, Matt. Uh, where's Matt's question? Here we go. Question, do you think we might start doing this um, mid-style season start in January, finish up to- in October? I don't. The big question, I think, and Chris, to you, then to John, do you think this season gets finished? Um, I mean, do I want it to or do I see it happening? Do you see it happening? No. No, I don't. I I think for all the things we've covered already tonight and the last few podcasts, 
I, I just personally think there is too much red tape to go through. I think there's too much that would have to be messed around. I think it goes far deeper than just moving the, the fixtures on a few months. Um, one thing that, that people, I say people, some people, I'm sure some people have brought this up. It's all very well saying we'll play football throughout the summer. You try telling that to some of the MLS clubs that play in 40 degree heat at temperature or Spanish clubs or, you know, um, it's all right here in, in sunny old England where it will probably get to about 10 degrees in, in the blistering hot sunshine. But in, in you know, in other leagues, that's not possible. Um, certain other leagues as well have winter breaks. So what we're going to do the winter break in the summer now because we've moved everything forwards. There's just so many things that have to be taken into consideration. And the idea, um, like John was saying earlier on, the idea that, well, playing behind closed doors will solve everything. It doesn't. It doesn't solve a thing. Um, it certainly doesn't solve the issue of supporters. And, and there will be a minority of supporters that still think that it's OK to come and stand outside the ground, that it's OK to come and, uh, you know, uh, th there will be a few landlords that go, oh, fuck it, we'll have a lock in. Nobody will know. There will be people that will abuse the situation and then that will put further pressure on people to police games, to 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 medically um, manage games. Um, I, ju I just can't see it. I, I can't I can't see logistically and, and sensibly is probably a better word how this season can can go. And, you know, yes, all, all jokes aside, does it suck for teams like, like Liverpool? Absolutely. Yeah, it does. You know, does it suck for us? We were we were on a decent run. We could have got fourth or fifth place. Yeah. Does it suck for Spurs? Fuck Spurs. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those situations where it goes so deep. It then goes down yeah. to the Leeds, the West Broms. There's so I, much that it's not just the Premier League. You know, I can't. I just can't see it. I, I agree with you. I, I look at when people are dying. You know, you just yeah. don't risk it. Um, Alonso Spencer smashed in the donation. Um. Uh, and he says, for Mikel Arteta and the rest, Bartling, stay strong. Alonso, thank you so much, pal. It's very kind of you. John, do you think the Premier League finishes? Uh, I, think, I tend to agree with Chris. Um, I think they want it to finish. Like they, The league are desperate to try and get the games done, but I can't see it happening. I just think... From a common sense point of view, you just call the season. Like if you want to say Liverpool champions, I know there was the video doing the round where there was the guy in the studio and he was the only one saying, look, Liverpool aren't champions yet. Yes, mathematically, they're not champions yet. But let's be perfectly honest. They've been, they've been the best team in the league. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you do not finish the competition, how can you hand out the prizes? And I'm sorry, but... <laughs> All right, don't call them champions, call them champions, whatever, or void the season, however you want to do it. For all it takes, but every football fan in England and probably around Europe knows Liverpool essentially won the Premier League this season, whether it finishes or not. All right, you don't give the prizes out, fine. Um, but no, I think you just void the season and you just, you just start afresh whenever it is sensible to start it. And I think Chris brings up a really good point. It might get to the point where... Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure everyone does, you know, in the UK, we now have the restrictions about, you know, try and stay indoors and essentially don't go out unless it's totally necessary. It might get to the point where they can ease the restrictions slightly or they can for certain things. And they say, you know what, we'll let the games go ahead. And like Chris said, it's behind closed doors. If that starts causing problems with 
people gathering together to watch games, even if it's oh, I'm going. I'm a. I've been fine in my house for three, four weeks, and I'm going to my friend's house. He's also been fine, and no signs of it or whatever. That's still an issue, and you still can't do it under all the guidelines that everything be given. If those sort of things are happening, or pubs, or whatever it is, or people congregating outside the ground just so they can be there and have a few drinks, and they might all be standing apart. If there's too many people and it causes a health problem or health issue that puts any strain on whether it's here in the UK, NHS, or another country does it, um, then the football has to stop immediately. And I think the Premier League have at least treaded this bit smartly enough that they've not got to the point where the government has had to step in and say, we're just cancelling all the football. You, you, you've got no say in this now. We're passing legislation. You cannot play the games anymore. Um, so realistically, I can't see any games happening like in terms of league games until probably after the summer now. That, it's that, just not going to happen. And that's that, that not only is it I don't see it happening, it's also that's probably best case scenario and most sensible. Realistically, the way that, that we don't know how long it's going to last, but from all the reports and everything you read and different news stories, it's obviously hard to follow everything because there's so much out there. Uh, uh, allegedly, this is not going to peak in the UK at least until sometime in May. Now, if the peak's in May, you've got all the downslope and everything else until it goes away September, if you're lucky, maybe. So you might be able to start the next season if you're really, really lucky and we smash it out the, out the ground. And to be fair, most majority of people in the UK are doing really, really well and actually sticking to the guidelines. Maybe you could see some games then. But probably more likely winter. I, I, I gotta be honest, I agree with you. I just think there's so much unknown here now. Where, you know, I you you you, you watch the government brief, briefings and you listen to some of the um, uh, the scientists and explaining the reasons for what's happening and uh, and why you they're doing certain things at certain times and you know, look, whatever your political views on this <laughs> park them for one second. We don't know what's right and what's wrong and the time for post-mortems is when it's all done, not while it's happening, you know, and you listen to the scientists and the doctors, etc. and they're the ones who give you best advice on this. But I just think there's so much unknown here that, you know, there's no vaccine, there's no cure, there's no, you know, there's just a long, hard process, a long, hard slog to get yeah, the other concern, Jace, as well, just to touch on what John said, is what you said is, you know, we're, we're relying. Yeah, there's a lot of great will in this. I can't speak for other countries, but there's a lot of great will in this country. Um, you know, we saw people come out of the house tonight to applaud the NHS. And, and there's, there's a lot of great will and a lot of very sensible, mature, intelligent people out there who are doing the right thing. There's also a lot of pillocks, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm sure that's the same in any country. There's a lot of tribalism in football. Um, and uh, make no mistake, like the reason the UK is under this lockdown uh, situation right now is because the minority ruined it for the majority because they couldn't just do what was asked of them. They, you know, we again, whatever you think of political affairs and government, they gave clear guidelines. Yeah. The ideal situation is you stay in and thousands of people had a nice sunny day and off they went out. And unfortunately, even if people meant well, um, 
you know, these these guidelines are there for a reason and it's only going to take a few people to abuse that decision. Like John said, a couple of mates. Oh, I haven't got it. I'll go and hang out on my mate's place. I'll go and do this. I'll go and do that. Um, and unfortunately, it is not just young people. It's people who are old enough to know better. It's people that have got families. There was a story down here. Um, I'm in Devon. Uh, where police are doing random stop searches with people at the moment who are making what they call unnecessary journeys. They pulled somebody over yesterday, a father with three kids um, in his car and his wife or partner who were just going shopping, um, just going to get their food. And when the police sort of advised them, because there's no official law that you can't lock them up, advised them that maybe that journey wasn't necessarily the most important thing they could needed to do as a family. Apparently the guy just half got in his car and drove away. Now that's, that's somebody with a family yeah. who doesn't have the intelligence and the brains to, to not take his family shopping. And that's the same guy that will demand the terraces open the minute, you know, that we get a, a semi passable time when football could be played. You know, it's, it's difficult. It, it, it's really, really difficult. And as you yeah. said, there's plonkers out there. Talking yeah. of plonkers, um, in the middle of all this, James McLean puts out. Have you have you seen this, John? No, I've not seen this. No. I'm going to Twitter. Um, yeah. Type James McLean into your search bar, please. Um, listeners, if you'd like to do this, um, if you, if you're not from the UK, you you may not get this. Some of you will, but some of you won't. Um, and he puts out. I, I, funny enough, I saw a similar thing earlier on in the week on Facebook, and it was from. Um, a, a friend of mine in Northern Ireland, and um, it was quite funny then because it was—it's like, you know, it was one of the boys teaching teaching the kids about history, and he's he's got a an IRA mask on. He did a tongue in cheek. I say it's quite funny, you know. It, it's not. I know people who've been murdered by the IRA. It's not funny for their them or their families. And James McLean has put exactly that that picture out today. Teaching the kids about history, wearing the IRA mask. Um, Chris, if anybody's going to shoot themselves in the foot, it's going to be McLean, isn't it? Yeah, pardon the pardon the uh, the, the wording, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, unfortunately, in times of struggle and in times where so many people um, come together for the right reasons, there will always be somebody who just doesn't use their brain. Um, I don't know James McLean. I've never met him. I'm, I'm sure, well, I'm sure he's probably not enough, but, but you know, he might be. Um, but sometimes you just need to know when it's not a good idea to share something, you know, um, or do something. I mean, I don't think he should be doing that full stop, but uh, hey, it's his family. It's his home. He can do what he wants. But yeah, social media responsibility is something we all have, but we all self-police. You yeah. know, it, it, it's not something that people often, th we've all done it. I've done it definitely where you've said something and you've sent something to somebody and in the cold light of day, you've gone, oh, that's a bit of an arsehole yeah. there. Or I've, I've tweeted something that was a bit close to the mark there. We've all done it. You know, we all yeah. make mistakes. We're all humans. But when you're, my, my question to that tweet would be, what did you think? What sort of response did you think you'd get? Did you really tweet that thinking that you would get a positive response um, you know, when you see so many footballers doing their workout videos and, you know, their sort of back back garden challenges of kicking a ball into various objects and stuff like that. Um, you know, they're the things you kind of want to see. 
um or for me it's lots of pictures and videos of cats but you know they're the sort of things where it's clear that somebody's put that out to make someone else smile um when you're tweeting a picture like that you kind of know what sort of impact it's going to make and you kind of know what sort of response you're going to get and it strikes me that the lad just can't stay out of the limelight he can't he's one of those guys that if the fire's there he has to put his hand in it uh, you know again and again even though he knows he's going to get burnt and Again, unfortunately, I think it comes down to education um, and, and brain or lack thereof. Um, it's his social media. You know, he can do what he wants, but I don't think it was the sharpest uh, or, or the, the most sensible decision from the from the, the less sharp knife in the drawer, shall we say. No, John, I, I mean, have you seen it now? Yeah, um, I mean, I'll, I, I'll give the bloke credit. He's a man of principle and sticks to his political beliefs. He is definitely that, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely don't think he's... I think he thought he's being funny here, okay? Yeah, I, I get it. I think because he's had so much sort of kick up in the past about it and not winning the way of the poppy, and, look, and I get it, and I, he's... The way I think that was kind of taken wrong, and he actually said, no, it's it's not that I'm disrespecting the soldiers who've given their life, that's fine. He said, I'm not wearing it because my friends have been killed, you know, family or whatever, have been killed by members of the British Army. So we get it. You know, it's the same as uh, I think there was a couple of Argentinian. I think Tevez might have maybe in the past or Aguero didn't wear it because of Argentina and didn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's fine. Like he's not doing it to offend some. In that case, I think because of that and the whole fact that you know there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter and doesn't matter what country you're from, we've seen this of parents going today's school lesson because of homeschooling kids and whatever, and it's normally a child you know covered in toilet roll or whatever, <laughs> something like that. And it's, oh, God, what a disaster. He's clearly done it as a joke because everyone kind of picks, you know, picks on him for the IRA thing because of what he said in the past and the things he's done. He's, I think he's genuinely done it as a joke, just looking at it just now. It's not the smartest thing in the world to do. Um, people are obviously going to be very upset and offended by it. Personally, it doesn't offend me. I don't particularly care what people put on Twitter, it's it's difficult because it's nothing that's ever affected me in my life. If I was a footballer, I would hope that I would know better. But like Chris said, I've done some very stupid or said some very stupid things. And then someone has explained to me afterwards why that might have upset or hurt someone's feelings or offended them. And then I've gone, oh, I didn't even think about why that would upset that person or offend them. It's different when you're a, you know, celebrity or whatever term you want to use for it you know a professional footballer uh, I'm not in that position thankfully so I probably offended about two people you know rather than you know I'm sure it's probably thousands that he's offended um, I think he's meant it as a joke more than anything else but yeah poor taste um, but to be fair if you can look at that and try and see the humour from it which I think is what he's trying to do try and take it as that and just move on there's more important things in the world right now Oh, I just, I just, you know, you just think sometimes, stop, James, just stop. Yeah. You know, you're from, you're from a part of the world. I got friends from that part of the world who see things from both sides of the coin. Yeah. I remember being 18, and the guys came in the pub next. I used to work in Barbies and Pony Delice, um, small village in West Wales. And one of the guys used to go in there. He's in the army, and he was murdered and asked to by the IRA, and his mother came in the bank that week, pull money out, stop paying for, the, you know, things to organise for a funeral, and you've never seen anything like it. The woman 
her world had fallen apart. Do you know what I mean? It was, you were in tears for her. And that's the sad thing. There are, there are no winners and all this, you know? And James, just stop and think, mate. Just stop and think because it's horrible. And it's just, you know, just, you know, we've got enough problems on our plate at the moment without that sort of silliness. So on to more fun things. I've got a couple of brilliant podcasts this week. I just want to wrap up um, the Sesk podcast. Mm. Chris. Yes. John. Oh. I, I have not finished it. I'm about halfway through, but I'm loving it. Um, it's <laughs> not finished yet, I wish. <laughs> uh, you saying, oh, I finished. Have you not? Um, <laughs> I don't even say they're halfway through. That's the real disappointment. Uh, in yet, you've got to worry. Yeah. Oh, that's been said too many times. Um, this is not going to be an after dark. I do. I do. Have no, no, no. After dark to the yeah, because I do actually have work tomorrow still, unbelievably. Um, no, it, what I've listened to so far is brilliant. And it's just, it's so nice to hear from a player who, look, the way he left, it wasn't it wasn't great. And I know some people, he left a bit of taste in their mouth more than others. Um, but he, you can still tell he is a genuine fan and he still has genuine affection for the club. And if, and you can tell he's someone who genuinely does listen to us blog and reads the articles and stuff and has done for a long time as well. Um, so what I've heard so far, I've really, really loved and enjoyed. And it's so interesting as well, you know, getting that side of the story um, in that way. And I mean, you know, again, not finished it yet, but I think Andrew, the way he conducts the interview, because I'd be a complete idiot. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd just be going, I'd just start talking to him, try and ask a serious question. Then I'd start going, oh, but that Milan game, just to just talk to me through that Milan game or the or the Tottenham game where you had a broken leg and you scored the penalty, you know, all those sort of things. I just start fanboying fanboying yeah. over him. <laughs> to, to be fair, I, I, I thought that's the great skill Andras Blog showed, and it was it was all about Sesk. It was all about him. You know, he the the, the questioning and obviously they, they got on really well, etc. But he allowed Sess to flourish, like like yourself. I'd have been fanboying it up there. Mm. You know, it's not Aaron Ramsey, but he'll do. You know what I mean? You know, he's the Spanish Ramsey. <laughs> he's not, you know. But I'm, uh, Chris, um, I, I, as I said to you earlier on, you know, you know, we we, we all kind of know. You know, we don't know if anybody's been honest or not because only they can know that. But it was really refreshing, and it was nice to hear. Sesk's version of events, okay? Now, whether they're 100% accurate or not, we, we don't know. But it made me feel better about it all. I was somebody who took Sesk leaving really badly the whole way it, it, it panned out, his behaviour, and to hear him say, well, look, yeah, I did push it. You know, I wish I'd done things differently, etc. I think I, I thought that was really refreshing and it's, and it's changed my perspective now. Um, your opinion, because you've always been a big Sesk fan, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always have been. I, I probably always will be. Um, even I have a similar thought process on Olivier Giroud, and a lot of people turn their backs on him when he went to Chelsea. And I just think that I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the idea that this is a job, you know. And uh, Sesk made that point very well on the podcast, and he said, "Look, at the end of the day, you know, when when the chance came for Arsenal to re-sign me." 
that was the biggest thing I took from it was that um, who'd have thought, and I know this is going to come as a, quite a shock to a lot of people listening to this, but Arsenal dallied over that decision and, and didn't meet the deadline. I know that's a real shock to everyone that we would fanny around and not make a decision. But, you know, they had a, he gave them a week. He could have given them 24 hours. He could have given them 40 hours. He gave them a week. Um, you know, he had to, he had, he confirmed that the, the, uh, the, the, the contract did have that clause that Arsenal would be first refusal. He confirmed that he wanted to come back, that, that, you know, he had made his decision. Um, and then he also confirmed that when he met Mourinho, whatever we think of Mourinho, he convinced him that that was the move for him. And he turned down, I think he said Manchester City and Manchester United in the process. So, you know, we, I think we could have we could have got him back had we wanted to. I thought it was very interesting that Cess not only mentioned Arsene by name, but he also mentioned a certain I Gazidis in that um, interview. I thought that was very telling when he said that the decision, you know, was in Arsene and Ivan Gazidis's hands. What that yeah. basically says to me is Arsene would have taken me back in a heartbeat, but Ivan made the decision on the purse strings. I think that's probably the truth of that one. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I've, I've always loved Cesc. I've always thought he's. He, he, he's one of those players that has always spoken very highly of the club when he was at it and when he left it. Um, he's, he's clearly well thought of. He's clearly in touch with a, with a lot of what still goes on at the club, um, much the same way as, as someone like Sanzi Cazorla has done. I think it'd be amazing to see him back on the pitch, whether it be you know for or against us in the future. Um, and, and like you say, in a in a in a in, a, in a, an era where so many footballers are are. Um, protected by the media and, and, and are essentially are muted by their agents and people around them. It was it's good to hear a player being so open and, and candid to, you know, to Andrew, I thought, as you said, conducted the interview really, really well. Um, and and it's, it's great to know that, <clears throat> excuse me, a player, a club can have such an effect on a player as well. Um, and, and I thought it was really sort of good of, of us to sort of say about how, how the memories he had and, and, and how basically he he had the opportunity to leave for Barcelona a lot earlier, but turned it down because you know he felt part of Arsenal, and and the captaincy meant a lot to him. I think that came across um, very well as, as well. So yeah, really good interview. The only downside to the whole interview was these parasites that immediately jumped onto various social media and and newspapers and started quoting all the articles without giving Andrew any credit for his hard work, which unfortunately is the way of the world. Um, so what I would say is if you do listen to it and you do tweet some quotes, just give Andrew some credit because you know he he had this set up a long time ago, and I think it's just a it's just a sort of quirk of fate that he was able to do it now. But um, yeah, unfortunately, people don't give anyone credit for the work they do, unfortunately, anymore. So that, that's that's you know, let's give Andrew big up. You know, he could have released that just on his Patreon site, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was that's another good he thing. Yeah, that the general public that's an interview. Which a lot of people would have paid to listen to. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed David in the chat boxes and uh, <laughs> made his feelings clear and sesk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's very divisive, you know. He's he's still to this day a very divisive figure, and and I think yeah. that, yes, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of players. I, I thought the the other thing, sorry, just one other thing to mention. He he spoke very highly of of a certain other player who left under a certain circumstances in, in Robin Van Persie. And I think he, although, you know, and I know your views are still the same on him, Jason, and I get it, but had we have had a fit Van Persie when Fabregas was at his peak, I think we'd have won that title. Look, um, I, I put this in the group the other day, okay? If you'd have kept RVP, Eduardo, um, 
Santi, not 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 Nasri, not Nasri. If you if you if you kept Sesk and and um, RVP, if you could have kept Ramsey, Jack, and uh, and um, uh, Rizitsky fit, okay, there's two or three titles there. Yeah, yeah. If those big leg breaks, if DRB, Eduardo, and and, and Ramsey don't happen, I think our history is very very different. Okay, I think yeah. we that all those teams down those periods though. There's so many players in there that had they stayed or had the right attitude. Yeah. Um, I saw someone saying about Bentner the other night, saying if you look at some of the finishes, just but I know he's sort of like the joke now, but he's finishing. Some of them are ridiculous. He had the right attitude. Could have been an incredible player. Adebayor, you know, ridiculously talented footballer. Just awful, awful attitude. You know, again, one of the best strikers in the world. You know. Yeah. It's, so yeah, I think we got unlucky with injuries and unfortunately we had some players who it was just coming into that era of football when it didn't matter how old you were, you could get start to get paid obscene amounts of money. I know it's like way beyond that now, but it was just starting then. And I yeah. think that's when a lot of players' heads started to, you know, to go. But look, um, in terms of just the football things, I know we sort of been floating all around the subject. I'm actually excited about it. Was the one thing I'm enjoying this season is all the young players at Arsenal. Yeah. Martin Emery, Saka, you know, um, I think Willock's been up and down, but he's, I think he's been for the most part really exciting to watch and he's definitely improved from the previous season. Um, Nelson looks really talented. Um, I, I know some people aren't as hot on Eddie, but I actually think he's a good, good player there. And, um, yeah, I, I think we've got a really good group of youngsters who, I hope, because they have come up for the academy and everything together and it's a sort of fresh start for the club, um, will we'll go on and stay at the club for many years because I think it's a really talented players there. It, it, it's, it's nice to see um, the young group come through. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this more. Uh, as um, uh, Obviously, guys, we'll try to put some more content out. You know, with coronavirus, there's going to be a lot more people on lockdown, etc., um, we're gonna wrap up now. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Gooners in the USA, the Gooners pod. They interviewed um Lee Dixon earlier on. I know John, John's been queuing in, kind of having police checks going to the supermarket, and Chris hasn't watched this yet. I bloody enjoyed it. Um, I thought Mike and Andy did a great job on it, they were fantastic. Lee Dixon was engaging and funny and brilliant as ever it was a really you know that one on the sesk podcast this week were <laughs> fantastic and um, jay rob's just piled in with the uh, donation and we were joking this week and uh and jay rob said <laughs> jay rob said if if, uh, if you get ramborn i'll give you four euros and he's given us four euros anyway if i can <laughs> jay rob okay you're coming on the podcast Please, Aaron, come on the podcast. Um, but thank you, mate. You're a superstar. But um, I thought Dicko, um, Mike and Andy, and, um, uh, and Mike's son. Oh, what's Mike's son's name? Oh, sorry, pal. Uh, they were brilliant. It was a great podcast to listen to. Really, really enjoyed it. Well done, lads. Fantastic stuff. Um, it's... <sighs> It's a strange time, people. Um, you know, we're trying to put some content for you, so it's it's a bit different. I think we'll 
try to do an after dark. We'll try to put out the round about the youth system, um, about maybe how the season's gone, maybe how we want to progress next season. We'll try to do something tonight. I just ended, I haven't spoken to John for ages. Um, and it's just nice to chat to John and Chris about football and see where they are with it all. Um, give you a little bit of content. Uh, Chris, do you want to give a quick shout out? Yeah, yeah, did did just want to. Um, I, I've I've gone back and forth on whether I should read this out or not, but I think I think it's okay actually because uh, there's nothing personal in here. I got a, a random Twitter DM the other day um, from a chap, and um, I always panic when I get that thing come up where it says somebody who you don't follow or you don't know. <laughs> I always think, oh Christ, if they finally found me. But um, yeah, it came from a, a chap called Jake. Um, he's um, Jake Roy Caddy. He's at JR. 96 caddy c-a-double-d-e-e-y um and he just he just said hi chris i just want to send you a message of appreciation what you guys do at abw or, or are doing sorry is incredible helps motivate me to do stuff around the house and get on with general stuff especially for me as i've struggled in the past a lot with mental health issues and the pod is like medicine for me so thank you guys for doing your thing jake so um I just thought that's a really nice thing to end on, and and like Jay said, there, you know, we're we're just basically three idiots in in our rooms, um, and we're just a collection of idiots who podcast, um, and you know, we don't pretend to be anything. We're not. We just try and entertain you guys, and if we can help people like Jake and and anybody else, um, I I for one can hundred percent understand what Jake is saying, and you know, we all have tough times and stuff. We've we've been over it, but especially now um you know it is completely okay to feel like shit um it really is guys don't like don't worry um just do something that you enjoy um i'm gonna start learning french tomorrow which is a really a really interesting <laughs> idea i i have i've been able to speak it in the past but i'm very rusty so i'm starting that um i've taken up a new love of cleaning uh, no i always like cleaning but um life is pretty dull and to the point where just getting out for a run every day i'm genuinely appreciating how nice it is just to get outside and and have a little trot so um to anyone else like jake and to jake himself thank you all for, for tuning in we really appreciate it. if it's 10 of you or 10,000 of you it doesn't matter um if this reaches your ears and you enjoy it um you know just let us know um or don't either way but we'll, we'll be here for you guys and and if you do feel like shit yeah, you might not be able to visit your mates, but you can pick up the phone to them. Um, you know, shoot us a tweet if you want, and um, and you know, we'll we'll try and keep you as entertained as we can. So, thank you, Jake. That's really, really appreciated of you to, to reach out to me and to the team. So, glad we could help, my brother. Cheers, Jake. Much appreciated, John. Um, yeah, just to echo what Chris said, really. Um, we've had uh, messages over the I don't know how many years it is I've been on ABW now. Uh, not as long as Jason and Chris, but um, a good few. And occasionally we get messages and stuff, whether it's personal ones or to the pod account. Um, and as Chris said, now in particular, when you are stuck indoors and stuff, get your phone. Um, me and my friends have been doing, um, not FaceTime, whatever the equivalent is on Facebook Messenger. Someone will put in the chat conference call at whatever time or something and we're all sat there working from home on computers and then we're like oh, okay you can turn the work computer off for 10 minutes or whatever you all jump in there's like eight ten of us it's a complete and utter carnage and we just sort of go around how's everyone doing then take the piss out of the person who's doing the most awkward thing at the time in the video as all good friends do it's just nice to see friendly faces and have a chat so do that pick up a phone call your mates um 
call your um, parents, grandparents, sisters, brothers, you know, whoever it is. Uh, where I live, literally just moved to this block of flats here. There's a very nice sign to put downstairs. Um, uh, one of the women in the flats has started a WhatsApp group for anyone who needs anything who's in the block. So we can all write in if someone needs messages they can't get out, someone else in the flat will go and get it. Just the other side of the street, there's all houses. All the kids have done little pictures of rainbows and they've been putting all the windows of the houses down the street and the messages have been put around. Everyone's got the sign up in their window with the phone number for the WhatsApp group so they can all join it. Just anything like that, if your help can help someone or whatever, it was, it's just something to occupy your brain because it's really not um, good at the moment. And I have a Netflix recommendation as well. I literally just started watching it with my friend mate Justin. Um, I don't know exactly, something about lions or tigers. It's about the guy Joe Exotic. Just type Joe Exotic on, on on Netflix. It's completely insane. The, legit, legit. if you went into a film studio and pitched it as a film idea, everyone in Hollywood would laugh you out the room. It's, it's 100% real. It's fucking nuts. You've never seen a man with a mullet, tattoos, uh, guns on his hips, and he's got over 300 tigers in Florida. It's fucking nuts. Honestly, you cannot make this shit up. It's, it's mad, but yeah, go go do that. And also, yes, my, my friend Salena from work is in there. Yeah, she's been playing games with me and teaching me Lithuanian as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying I, to learn a language. I genuinely wasn't sure if Salena, with that surname, was a winding up. I'm just trying to bring in. It's um, it's I just not It is is not pronounced the way you think, Jace. It's a T S sound, not a C sound. But yeah. <laughs> And well, it's, it's Sal Lena. It's Sal Lena, not Sal Lena. Sorry, Sal Lena. I apologise. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> to have you on board, um, <laughs> Just to add to that, so this show is dedicated to Ellis, to Rich, to all the people who work in the NHS, to all the people who are in your supermarket, to all the people who are driving delivery lorries or vans or anything like that at the moment. Um, wherever we are, we seem to be under lockdown. And there are people out there in emergency services, your, your health services, your um, supermarkets, what, whatever. They're keeping the country going. And a big thank you to all of those guys. There are going to be tougher times to come. So, as usual, our message to you is please take care of yourselves. If you feel ill, make sure you, you you call the doctors. Don't go around. If you think you've got coronavirus coming on, make the phone call. Don't knock on the doors. Do you know what I mean? Let's, let's keep it isolated. If you feel ill at any point, phone your doctors, speak to somebody. If being in isolation is getting to you, there are plenty of helplines out there. You've got the internet, you know, the Samaritans. Um, there are NHS helplines. There's even idiots like us. Chris will happily tell you about the merits, okay, of Santi Cazola and Francis Coughlin in the midfield for the Arsenal and cheer you right up because that's how good a guy he is. And if John, that doesn't work, I'll give you the history of the 98 World Cup, which for and he will, and he'll do it well. John will tell you, okay, all about Felchin because <laughs> that's the type of guy John is. John's good like that, okay? You know, but I I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, uh, yeah, there are people who are worried at the moment. There are people who are scared. Don't be. Don't be. We'll get through it together. You can always phone us if you feel like, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on a downward spiral with depression or something like that. 
talk to somebody, get help. And we are always here. You are never, ever, ever alone. You're never alone. You just got to be brave. You just got to stand up, be brave, understand what's happening, and deal with it. And if you need any advice, Chris is the man to speak to because I'm crap at it, okay? Oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. So speak to someone level-headed like Josh or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, Josh. Josh has to be in dark, Josh, to be honest. Oh, for God's sake, don't ask Danny. Jesus Christ. He'll just tell you you can put it in the microwave for 10 minutes and it'll be ready. I, I'll tell you what you can ask Danny for is if you need help on isolation or things to do, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danny is your man because he's been doing it for about 30 years. So, yeah, very yeah. true. And um, yeah. Yeah, just very, very quickly before we go, it's fun to road in the chat. Shout out to Lana, friend of the pod, who I'm yeah. sure many of you uh, know. Uh, I'm sadly got uh covid or corona or whatever you want to call yeah. it but is is now recovering so yeah she's uh, on her no so yeah you can get through it but yeah as jason said just put a tweet out and honestly the amount of responses you'll get the, i've never seen twitter be such a nice place honestly mm. yeah for the first time ever it's amazing someone feels a bit lonely when the mentions get filled up people having conversations and chatting and uh, we've been doing stupid things with emoji quizzes on football teams and all sorts of things to occupy the time because there's nothing else to talk about at the moment. Oh, Claude Makaleli was a winner. Oh, Pascal Seagan, Claude Makaleli, and Chris when he came in with Brit Asamba Longa. I was yeah. never getting that one. As a, I'll, 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 for anyone who's wondering what we're talking about, I'll post the thing on my Twitter later. You see, Oscar was one as well, okay? Fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it out on the pod account as well we'll retweet it from there and yeah you can all have a pop at it it's amazing <laughs> but look guys you know thank you for tuning in as usual um your superstars you are not alone you are not alone none of us are uh, we're all in this together keep smiling keep enjoying yourself and um, uh, if you need anything give us a shout we are a bird camp land and thank you for being part of it take care god bless good So what Jason's done there is we're still live and he's he's gone to click the stream off. And he's actually the window. Window. So I, I, I hit the wrong button. This is why you should never ever rely on us to do anything anything sensible, just don't rely on us. Jason, shut this shit off. Thank you, mate. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.